Welcome to the Not So Average Podcast. My name is Courtney and I built this podcast to deconstruct traditional advice and the idea of living an average life to inspire you to step into your power and be the creator of your own life. If you're also viewing living an average life as very boring and you're looking to upgrade your mind, body, and soul, then you're in the right place. I'm so glad to have you here. Subscribe to hear new episodes every Wednesday on all streaming platforms and let's jump into the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Not So Average Podcast. Second episode. I am honestly enjoying recording and planning these episodes so much. I'm so excited. And before we hop into it, I know last week was just more of an introductory episode on who I am, my story, how this podcast came to be. So thank you for tuning into a second episode. This is where we're going to get into the good stuff. And I'm just super excited. So without spending any time and messing around, I just want to dive right in. So where I want to start is the topic of mental shifts that have changed my life. And I've specifically chosen three to talk about today. I want this episode to be just jam-packed with so much value and good takeaways that you can carry out throughout your day, your walk, your workout, your cleaning sesh, whatever you're currently doing. Maybe you're driving in the car. Either way, I hope that this gives you a lot to think about. So I would say that just in general, our mindset is huge, right? If you think about all of the successful people and the top performers in the world, they talk about how your mindset is everything. But if you are really new to learning about mindset, it can be kind of overwhelming and where to start because, you know, we are a byproduct of how we've grown up and the people around us and the things that we consume. So if you are, you know, let's say like, quote unquote, naturally more of a pessimistic, negative person, it's not because you're necessarily inherently have just like dark, negative energy. It can be because you were raised with parents or anyone in your family who were often teaching you the ways to think. So for example, if you would be super excited about some something as a kid and someone would shut it down constantly, then your brain might start to think that that's what's normal and it's learned behavior that you then adopt as your own. But sometimes we don't even know why we are the way that we are until we do a process of unlearning and really diving deep into why we are the way that we are. And it can be a really long journey. So if you're embarking on changing your mindset and starting to go down this journey of self-development, then I want you to just be patient with yourself because it can be really mind-boggling learning how we've been thinking and how it's impacting us especially if it's maybe not getting us the results that we're wanting we're like oh my god like why am I like this I can't believe I've been doing this for so long once once you have these realizations there can a lot of shame and guilt can come up to it so I just want you to really sit back and let it all unfold in a really beautiful way because we're all just in this process of learning and going through the human experience. So just because there are things that maybe you have done that's been self-destructive mentally, it's okay because we still have the power to change. And that 
in itself is a growth mindset, right? Being able to understand that we are not stuck and stagnant in one way of being. It's not that I am just who I am. It's no, I'm open to growth and change. I am open to changing so that I can be the best version of myself. And that in itself is a beautiful mindset shift. And if you've listen to this podcast, I feel like you're probably already understanding that there's a difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. And so you're wanting to then just continue on these mental shifts that are going to inevitably change your overall mindset. Mindset shift number one that has changed my life would be accepting responsibility. And I'm sure this might be something you've heard. It's kind of a buzzword now is victim mentality. And I want to elaborate on it because I know that it can be a really controversial subject. I've seen it in the TikTok comments of different videos of like, you know, but I didn't choose these things. And I like what happened to me as a kid wasn't my fault, which is true. So let me elaborate. So accepting responsibility and shedding that victim mentality I believe is one of the biggest things that starts to change how you interact with yourself in the world. And the reason being is because when you accept responsibility for everything that happens, you really take the control over your life, regardless of what the world has thrown you and thrown your way. So of course, you're not responsible for the things that have happened to you especially like telling someone who's a survivor of something horrific that they should just accept responsibility. It can sound super tone deaf. I I understand that. But when you think of the mindset around it, it's like, no, I can't control what happens to me, but I can control my reactions. And this is easier said than done, of course. And all of us have different ways that we might be holding on to a victim mentality and kind of allowing the mental spiral to go as follows. So, you know, nothing goes my way. I have the worst luck. I am never going to get out of the situation. I just can't seem to ever win. If you've been feeling like that and you resonate with what I'm saying, then listen up because I think this is going to be huge for you because it, it was for me. It was pivotal. So shedding that victim mentality, what it does is allows you to not only like focus on what you have control over, but it puts you in a different vibration to accept good things. You know, we have this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system, our RAS, and it's the thing that filters the world and you see it through the lens of what you're focusing on. So for example, if you've ever bought like a red car. Let's say you want a red Tesla and you've decided that that is the car that you want. It's on your vision board. You are just obsessed with it. Suddenly you're going to see every red Tesla that drives by because your brain's focused on it. Or I remember when my parents as a kid bought like a new car and I remember just seeing that car suddenly everywhere. It was like a Toyota Venza and I saw them everywhere on the road. And I realized I'm like, was there a shift of when my parents bought this car that suddenly everyone else had this car? Were these cars already purchased? I just never noticed it. And of course, it's the latter, right? So our brain actually filters through that way. 
But what it also does, it's looking for evidence to be- to prove that that belief is true, whatever it may be, whether it's productive or not. So if you believe that you have the worst luck and nothing's ever going your way, your brain is going to filter and search for evidence that that same thing is true. So when you start to work on accepting responsibility, I think it also allows for lessons to be learned, maybe at a quicker pace than someone who's really fixated on the victim mentality. So for example, if you make a mistake at work, accepting responsibility for it, not only everyone loves, like no one, if you think of like being an employer and you have an employee who's like just always doing something wrong and they're never taking accountability for it or responsibility for it, that doesn't look good, right? So if you think of just in that random context, but then on a larger scale, it's like, wow, okay, I'm always late to work and this is my responsibility to change this. I want to be a person who is on time and maybe you're facing the consequences of it. And so accepting responsibility would be also providing a mirror for where we need to work on. So maybe I need to work on my time management skills because obviously something's got to give. But to want to even make those changes, like you have to want to change. But I'm going to assume that anyone on this podcast listening is wanting to change and that's why you're here because you can't force feed this work onto people. And that's, I think, the hard part for a lot of people who have been working on themselves. And I hear this uh, kind of joke on TikTok sometimes of like people go to therapy to work through the chaos of those in their lives who refuse to go to therapy. And I don't think therapy is the end all be all, but it definitely can help kind of identify some of these patterns and even these mindset shifts of being the poor me, poor me, poor me, and shift that into something a little bit more productive. Because when we go down that spiral, we can just focus on how it all happened to you and how everything sucks, all these things, right? You probably know someone, if it's not you and you've not been there before, you know someone in your life or someone you've encountered who is that victim mindset, who's like the definition, the poster child for victim mindset because they're poor me, this keeps happening, I don't understand. It's probably like even one of those friends who always dates these assholes and they can't understand why they keep getting hurt, but all the signs are there and they're just repeating the pattern, but there's never an accountability or responsibility taken to say, hey, maybe I'm attracting a certain type of partner for whatever reason and maybe I need to work on the way and my approach that I'm dating people so I don't keep ending up in the same circumstance. Like we learn the lesson so many times until we actually make a difference. So things keep happening and patterns keep showing up if we haven't fully learned the lesson, but accepting and that responsibility and shedding that victim mentality in my mind speeds up the process of the hard lessons because you're learning it the one time, you're seeing it as a mirror and taking the lesson and moving on. And through that, when you look back, you know, even just from yourself from a year later, you might not even recognize yourself because you're like, wow, 
the way that I used to live and the way that I used to think about myself and the world and my role in it was very different, which is really cool to recognize. That dating example, that's something that still shows up for me. So just because I am a huge advocate for this stuff and this is something that I teach other women and something that I've worked on so, so hard for years, it's still something that I'm working through because every area of our lives can require work and unlearning, right? So maybe I have made a lot of mental shifts when it comes to all these different areas of my life, but then it shows up for me, let's say, in dating. And sometimes it does. I found myself in a situation not too long ago where I had a connection end quite negatively and I was really hurt by this person's actions and it started to cause me to go down this victim mentality around men are trash, I'm never going to find love, why do I even bother, what a waste of time, just super negative and ultimately playing the victim when there's actually a lot I can learn from this situation and there's a lot of lessons that I'm going to now take into how I proceed in dating and finding a partner because he ultimately wasn't what I want and staying in the victim mentality can sometimes provide some sort of comfort that we're holding on to that just shows us where we need a little bit more healing and so that's now what I'm working through and it's of course always a work in progress but I think an overall accepting responsibility shift has helped me one by one in each area be a better person have a better mentality and be able to recognize when I'm slipping into a victim mentality a lot sooner. So I think that's number one of where someone could start in starting to change not only their mindset, but their life. Now, number two is something that I just recently talked to someone about and she was like, oh my God, this is so helpful. And I was like, why haven't I shared this before? And I don't think I've actually ever shared it publicly on three and a half years of podcasting, social media that I post on all the time, I don't think I've ever shared this. So number two is turning should into could. So I'm sure this will relate to you in some way, and maybe you're smiling while listening of like, oh shit, am I shooting myself? Because you probably are. How many times in a day do we, oh, I should do this, I should do that. I should probably, oh, I should, all the shoulds, right? It's like annoying to even hear it because that sense of should is so filled with guilt and shame wrapped up in it, at least in my mind. Now, turning it into could, this was a huge shift for me because could accepts responsibility and gives an element of choice with less emotional attachments. So in my mind, let's use an example of I should go to the gym, okay? So I should go to the gym. What the underlying sentence and messaging to me and my relationship with that is if I don't go to the gym, I'm not going to get the body that I want. I am lazy and I I guess if we're going to go super dark in the way that limiting beliefs can be, I'm unworthy, right? Could 
gives the sense of choice of saying, well, I could go to the gym. And so let's say today I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm really tired. But when I say, yeah, I could go to the gym, it's a choice. And it has less shame wrapped up in it where it's like, I could, but I'm not going to. It's a very clear sense of like, I'm not going to. And maybe you're rationalizing the exact reasons of why of, you know what, I could go to the gym, but I'm super sore. I'm exhausted. And I feel like my body's energy is spent better resting today and hitting the gym hard tomorrow rather than, oh, I should, I should, I should, I should. And I would love to hear your feedback if this is powerful for you because it was so powerful for me. And sometimes I still catch myself saying, oh, I should do that. And I'm like, no, 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 I could do that because that element of choice is so empowering. And to me, it takes our power back with all of the things that we think we should do in our day and spend our time and our money and our hard-earned work on doing for sometimes reasons that are external to us. Like how many things are you doing that aren't really for you? You're maybe doing it to please someone or because you think you should, just from societal standards. You think you should look a certain way, act a certain way, whatever. When we say could, it brings our power back to us and installs that element of choice that ultimately goes under the theme of choosing who you want to be, choosing the life that you're wanting to live. And I think that in practice, it seems like such a small shift, but in practice, it actually starts to reframe not only how we think about the world and our habits and what we're spending our time and money and energy on, but it also reminds us that we are like you are ultimately up to you. And so you get to continue that little habitual practice of turning should into could because we're all saying should when that essentially assumes that there is something someone said that it's almost like a rule. Like, oh, you should go to the gym. Where it has this element of like, if you don't, you're... I don't know, less than or not normal or you don't fit in with the crowd where if you kind of frame it as like, I could go to the gym and you look at it as like, well, the gym provides not only mental health, but physical health. Um, It's really good to get your heart rate going. There are studies that show that you can, you know, lessen your risk of different health issues down the line, whatever, right? Not a doctor, not a physiotherapist, not a personal trainer, but Ultimately, I think we know that going to the gym on average is recommended um, for like health reasons. But the should that is underlying there is like you're less than if you don't do it, where you could is a choice that you're making that if you want to be someone who prioritizes their health and their wellness, then you probably are working out in some facet. Now, maybe the gym isn't what your form of exercise is. Like, I don't want to get too in the nitty gritty, but just want to disclose that real quick because I don't want anyone being mad at me in the comments. But just really the ultimate thing is taking your power back, enacting that element of choice and being able to 
cast a vote every day for the type of person you want to be. I really hope you think of that second one and really like simmer on it and see if it provides you a different energy as you go throughout your life and battle with all of the shoulds in the world because just talking about it today, I'm reminded of how powerful it is and how much of a game changer it was in my life. So I hope it is the same for you because ooh, it is just like hot fire. Now, my third one is shifting from scarcity to an abundant mindset. And this came up a lot when I worked in finance coaching. Um, I worked for a money coach and did a lot of work around money mindset and how it was impacting my reality with money. And so I was talking to women every day about the scarcity versus abundant mindset and now talking to women every day in such a different context. But it still is something that I see seeps into every area of our lives and really starts to determine how we make decisions. It's something that I've had come up in a lot of conversations recently. And so the way that I would just casually define scarcity mindset is basically the feeling that there's never enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's not enough resources. There is just not enough opportunity for us. And so when we act out of scarcity mindset, we can maybe like this can come up in so many different ways, but it can be holding on to this idea that there is not enough. To me, that's the baseline of scarcity. Versus the abundant mindset is like there is more than enough. If we want to relate it to money, it can be like this money that I'm investing in a course not only is going to get me leap years faster of where I want to be, but it's also going to come back to me in tenfold. And that to me is an abundant mindset. Or let's say someone breaks your heart and the scarcity mindset tells us that you'll never find love again. That is never going to be able to be replaced. And maybe not. But the abundant mindset tells us that there are so many people in the world that there, that experience, whatever it was for you, was that, but there are going to be so many more, maybe even better, and oftentimes better, right? It's the same thing with how we can sometimes look at opportunities. So if you think of one time, maybe you've said yes to something that you wanted to say no to, but you had the fear and maybe you didn't recognize it at the time because if you did, you probably wouldn't have made the decision, but maybe you made the choice to take it because you didn't think anything else better would come along. When we have that feeling of scarcity, it can be really hard to recognize unless we have learned the flip side and start to really work on it each day because obviously if you go to the gym one day you're not going to be magically fit. It's the same thing with these mental shifts. Like your mindset's not going to just randomly change overnight. But one by one in different areas of our life, really asking yourself like, am I acting out of a place of scarcity or abundance? I think is maybe a good question to ask ourselves to kind of start to identify it, especially once we're aware, then we can kind of see where it comes up in our lives and continue to work on it. So The way that this has really changed things for me is not only shifting my relationship with money, which was kind of what started it, but really starting to instill trust in myself of what good things are out there 
And it, of course, all ties in together. Like your RAS system is now looking for all of the amazing reasons of what good things are going to come to us rather than all the bad things that are going to come to us. The the not enough money and not enough time, not enough job, not enough opportunity, whatever. I think a good affirmation to use on a daily basis if you're someone who's loving affirmations or maybe you haven't gotten into it but want to play with this, I would say show me how good it gets is a really beautiful one. And speaking to a higher power, whether that's God, source, universe, for me, it's universe. I am obviously very spiritual and I believe that when you say show me how good it gets, it's just a beautiful invitation to living life and things happening beyond what we could even comprehend in the moment because of all of these limiting beliefs and fears that we have, right, that we're working through on a daily basis. But it's really reminding us and with that affirmation of maybe things are not going your way right now, but it's going to get good. It's the assumption that it's going to get good. And when you think of the law of attraction and manifesting for us to successfully manifest something that we want in our lives, not only do we have to be specific on it and be clear on the vision, but feel the feeling of what it would feel to have that thing come true and assume that it's already going to happen. So show me how good it gets. Maybe isn't specific, but I think it's a good affirmation to get us in the energy to be more specific to manifest all of our desires because it's assuming that things are going to be incredible. And this can be an easy one to use when things are already really great in our lives. Things are feeling like it's just going well, but when things take a turn and maybe they're not going the way that we thought it was going to go and life is getting frustrating on us, it can be hard to resort back to these affirmations. But that to me is when we need it the most. And it's of course easier said than done. But if you're wanting to really change your mindset and change the way that you react to the world and what happens to you, I think that's a really beautiful affirmation to use. So those are the three mental shifts that have changed my lives. I think that this is something that's a really good place to start if you're wanting to start working on your mindset and really start to build that kind of muscle just the same way that you'd be in and out of the gym each day working on getting the reps in, getting the sets in, and building whatever muscle. Let's say you're doing squats every day. In six months, you could be you know, squatting the triple weight or whatever, you know, this is a stupid analogy. I feel like it's just an easy one to use. <laughs> then same thing with my mindset shifts. It's not going to feel like overnight, oh my God, I'm magically better. But when you look back at how you not only like react to things, but feel about your life six, 12 months from now, you're going to see how it compounds. And I also find the power of just changing your mindset, the way that you feel about yourself at the end of the day, changes significantly and I really hope that anyone listening starts to experience that through these tools and tactics. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it on socials, send it to a friend, let them know that they need to listen to it. I feel like podcasts grow the best through word of mouth. So if you want to tag me, my Instagram is at the not so average betch. I'm not going to create a podcast Instagram 
for this, I just want to keep it under one account. I've done it in the past. It's too much social media handling. So the only place you can find me on Instagram is at the not so average betch. I am on TikTok. I don't really post on there too much, but you can follow me there as well. And thank you so much for listening. I look forward to bringing you another incredible episode on next Wednesday. And yeah, happy hump day, guys. I hope you have an incredible week. 